Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 16, The Miller's Daughter. In the Enchanted Forest, young Cora, the titular Miller's daughter, is humiliated by Princess Ava. When Cora is discovered sneaking into a ball, Cora taunts King Xavier about being able to spin straw into gold. When he locks her up to prove it, Rumpelstiltskin shows up, but instead of doing it for her, he makes a deal with her her firstborn child for teaching her how to spin the straw. Rumpel and Cora fall in love, but she realizes that their love will stand in her way. She rips out her own heart to escape her heartbreak, breaking Rumpel's in the process. In Storybrooke, Emma, Neil, and Henry return with the dying Rumpel and try to protect him from Regina and Cora. Rumpel manipulates Snow into finding the candle and using it to kill Cora to save him. Snow, in turn, manipulates Regina into placing Cora's heart back in Cora's body. Snow has a change of heart, but she's too late. Cora's dead. Roger, what'd you think of this episode? Better than the previous episode. It's like the conclusion. I'd call it part two. It's a good episode. Not great. I don't think it's top five. There's a lot of things I'm going to complain about in this episode. But I I enjoyed that there were only two paths, not three. I hate when they do three or more. Um, yeah, it, it's not meh. It's, it's better than meh. You? I actually think this is a great episode. Hmm. Um, I think it wraps up the strings that we got in the previous episode really nicely. I really like the flashback in this episode. Mm -hmm. I think um, they... So we get the real Rumpelstiltskin story for the first time. Like, this yes. this is yeah. what the Rumpelstiltskin story is. Mm -hmm. And they actually don't do that much to change it from what the original fairy tale is. But the additional pieces of information that we have to fill it in are fascinating. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, while this show is about redemption to a great degree, we don't often see our heroes do something that is really dark. We, we see that here. Um, and we got some angry Regina at the end, which I'm always into. Okay. <laughs> also, I generally pride myself in kind of being an adult, but I chuckled like a schoolboy when you said titular. <laughs> Because, I was wondering why you put your head down. Well, because her dress is very <laughs> revealing. And so when you said that, I was just like, oh, like a 15-year-old boy. Um, Titties. Pretty much, yeah. Where shall we start? Enchanted Forest, probably? Yeah, I feel like we should, because we should end when Modern Day Storybrooke. Um, so this is interesting in that you kind of see Cora at the beginning with her just worthless father. I'm assuming he's drunk and not willing to work. She makes a point about, I'd like to be able to eat today. Mm -hmm. She has a thing. She surrounds herself with weak men. So the one thing that they did change in the Rumpelstiltskin story <laughs> that I'm not sh that I guess is better, in the story, the Miller brags about how his daughter can spin straw into gold, and he gets her into the situation. In this story, she put gets herself into the situation. Okay, because I didn't understand <laughs> why she would make that claim. Like, it was very strange where it makes more sense that maybe, like, a father would lie. Like, yeah, my kid's special, and then, like, you think you can, like, get away. I, I think she wanted the satisfaction of being able, being able to say, I can help. Like, I have the thing that you want, but I'm not going to give it to you. Which doesn't make sense. Especially because it wasn't true. And <laughs> what did you think he was going to react with? I, I Wait, you can know. save our kingdom? Okay, bye! <laughs> it was it was a strange choice. She's bizarrely um, confident when talking to people who could execute her because they think it. Yeah. It's She's, a strange choice. Uh, I, it's interesting because I think this episode maybe is trying to make you feel some sympathy for Cora. And I don't know that that's exactly what I get. Yeah, I didn't get episode. sympathy. I, I definitely, it, it's nice to get some, some backstory. And I, I, I do see, like, I understand how, where she, how she got to where she is based on this episode. I don't know that I feel sympathy, but it's, it's nice to know. Um, she also, very similar to Regina, I mean, Princess Ava, total brat tripping her in the middle of of the market for no reason and making her well she didn't a princess ava didn't make her but she has to like kneel in front of them and apologize like that's rough but she's just sort of like this little girl is like the thing that i hate in life 
So it's interesting that in the previous episode, we saw Snow exhibiting this bratty behavior. Mm -hmm. And Ava reacts very harshly towards that. That kind of does make sense why she would really not want to see that of her daughter, because that's how she was. And for clarity, Princess Ava is the, the Queen Ava that we saw in the previous episode. She's Snow's mother. And the baby at the end of the episode is obviously Regina and the young... The, the, the young dimwit, as everyone constantly calls him. Dimly lutin prince. Is Henry Sr. What a weak man. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just... so. Like, Cora has gumption. She stands up to the king, to his face. Good word. Uh, specifically talks about how she's not going to do something. Then she sneaks into the uh, dance, I guess you want, the ball. The ball. Dances, like, goes up, manipulates Henry... To be like, oh, that's you, which was transparently obvious. And then again challenges the king in his own, like, castle, presumably. Like, this is, yeah. It's not really that different from the behavior that we see from Korra when she's older. But at least older Korra has magical abilities. That makes sense when you are older, wiser, and significantly more powerful. This is just, you have some gall. (laughs) Um, King Xavier also would have loved to see more of this guy. He's a, he's a good villain. I, he, he is, he's very, um, like pragmatic sort of like he, he's like, yeah, I I mean, my son is an idiot. (laughs) He reminds me of George. Interesting. Yeah. Not as cruel necessarily, but ruthless to a point. Mm -hmm. Very pragmatic, as you said, like just more or less like. Yeah, take him. I don't care. He's an idiot anyway. He's not going to help me. I need gold. You've earned him. (laughs) So that's an interesting inversion to Mm -hmm. basically the normal thing of like, okay, you've earned her hand in marriage. Totally. So I do like that the royals are basically like, my children are nothing more than property that are to be sold off for alliances and gold and other things like that. But yeah, nobody respects Henry at all here. Like, no one. No. And Cora doesn't either. She sees him as a means to an end. Well, I mean, considering everyone yeah. else is mocking him, that kind of makes sense. Um, great costumes in this episode. The red dress that Cora wears to the ball is beautiful. I love the juxtaposition of the black gloves with the red dress and the red dress that like perfectly matches her lipstick. I think that'll probably be in our top five costumes of the season. Definitely. I wrote top costume in capital letters. So <laughs> yeah. I find it later. <laughs> really, really think that's going to be come back to. That was very nice. I also really liked that the quill that Rumple gives her to sign the contract is also the same color as her dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and her wedding dress is also beautiful. It actually is very similar to the wedding dress that Regina wears later when um, when she marries the king. Or that we see her getting fitted in that she's going to wear to the wedding. Yeah, I thought that uh, that dress was given to her by Cora. And that Maybe was it a, was. Yeah, Maybe I, it was I thought her wedding it was. Dress. Um, it's, it's beautiful in any case. Yeah, very um, beautiful. Rose McGowan is great. I, yeah. I think she does a really good job. I mean, I, I feel like playing a younger version of Barbara Hershey is a really... Uh, it's a really tall, tall order, and and she does very well. She matches her voice. Yeah, the vo- like the just not just her voice, but like the way that she like her intonations are uh-huh. like very like to the point where she was talking to um, Rumple about how she like sees them and like the way that she's like I hate them and I want them to their knees to crack mm-hmm. and you're like damn you sound just like Cora. Well, the, the thing that I always find interesting about Barbara Hershey, Cora, older Cora, is her. Her voice, she's very calm and like her voice is soft, even when she's saying. But that's what makes her so scary. Right. Yeah. But that's also Rumple. He doesn't really yell in rage most of the time. Usually what he mm-hmm. says is menacing because it's quiet. But he's also often. Um, he will say it with menace and Snarky. Yeah. Uh, that's gold though. Like when yeah. Rumple is mad at you, there's yeah. like a very like, you know, I'm, I'm going to find you. It's true. Um, Cora and Rumple. I have so many notes about Cora and Rumple. The energy that you said that uh, Rumple and Regina exhibit, which I've never really agreed with, that's this. Oh, this yeah. is energy. This energy is palpable. There's like electricity. But not in a charming snow way. It's not in a like you are true love. Like every time I look at you, I smile. It's like these people have found their like intellectual match and they are ready to go at it. <laughs> It, it feels like two bloodlusting animals who are just in heat. Yes. Yes. I think that's a good way to describe it. It also, maybe it hasn't been a while, but we didn't see it in the last episode. I just was very excited to see Rumple as the Dark One again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he has a couple 
when she says what her name is, <laughs> he says, not a very pretty name, is it? Sounds like something breaking. Which, oddly <laughs> enough, would be his heart in the end. Yep. Um, and then when he hands her the contract, he says, can you read? <laughs> Which I guess is a reasonable question for a peasant. For a miller's daughter? Um, but fascinating. Uh, she also calls him the dimly lit prince, as you noted earlier. Actually, he said that. Gra- yeah, yeah, great lines here. I also like, so I, one of the things I appreciate is that you, I've always talked about Rumpel's rage. Like, that's kind of the thing that motivates him and drives him. And you see that it also drives Cora. Mm-hmm. And so when they talk about, like, she says, how's magic made? And he talks about the moment where he had to kiss that man's boots. And then he, in great detail, describes what he wished he had done. I go back and I rip out his throat and I crunch his veins with my teeth. Damn. <laughs> Somehow she uh, she tops that with her, her moment. So I know you don't understand vengeance, but as someone who does, if that's what you fantasize about, I assure you vengeance will bring you what you're looking for. <laughs> Perhaps it will. Yeah. Uh, hers is, I want to make them bow. I want their kneecaps to crack and freeze on the stones. I want their necks to break from bending. I think his is more horrifying, but I think hers is more like, damn, you Because he hates one person, she hates them all. Hers is more like, oh, damn, you really mm-hmm. want everyone to bow to you. Well, and there's some really interesting background on magic here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a juxtaposition of that. When Rumple tells Emma how to cast the protection spell in Storybrooke, because he doesn't he doesn't tell her to imagine something that it will make her angry or yeah. um, one because that's not how light magic works and maybe that's not how protection spells work. Uh, he tells her to think of the person that she wants to protect, and he does tell her it's about emotion. Yeah, um, it's not about it's not about thinking, but. Uh, the emotion that he asked her to draw on is very different than when he's asking Cora to draw on here. And it's not hard to see how Cora became the warped person that she is if this is what she thinks about every time she does magic. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, I think Cora was already a monster. It's like, you ever heard the phrase, like, people say, like, money changes you? And I've always believed that, like, money doesn't change you, but it will expose you for who you truly are. Power is similar in that. Like, Korra was probably always a monster. Mm-hmm. But she had no means to really do anything evil. It's true. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good point. And I, something that I thought was interesting, because there, there there's regularly retconning in this show as we do backtracking and see, like, different flashbacks. Uh, but when Ruffle meets Belle, he's shocked that someone could love him. Because, like, who could ever love a beast like me? Which is odd, though. Because when when we see that interaction, it feels like that is the first person who he thinks has loved him since, well, I guess Mila, he probably accepts, never loved him. Yeah. Well, I, so I think that's the point. I, I, I mean, sure, maybe it was a retcon and they just didn't think about it. But I think that he, he, do, he thinks that Cora could love him because she also is a monster. But, oh, I see. Like, yeah. the, like they're yeah. both the beast. The two monsters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's... I mean, as we find out, she did love him. Yes, she did. Um, she, she, as she says, why did you think I had to rip out my own heart? And it was interesting that that was his his dying wish to. He wanted to know that from her. Well, that's the only thing she could give him. Yeah, I, guess I mean, that's he true. had already gotten everything else that he needed. Um, and she, because I the first of. The first time we watched this, I wondered if she intentionally manipulated him. And maybe she did, and she still fell in love with him anyway. But when she gets him to change the contract... I think the change of the contract was intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't think the rest was, though. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I agree that she genuinely felt yeah. something. But at the point where she says change the contract, I think that was where yeah. she was already playing her game now. Well, and you also noted, um, unlike when he kisses Belle, he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there's such a thing as love that is not true love, obviously. Um, yeah. And I, I think the intentions of their love are not so pure <laughs> as to be designated as true love. I think I would qualify them as lust. In both lust for connect, like companionship and power. I See, that was my original thought. But if that's if that was the only thing that it was, she wouldn't have had to rip out her heart. Yeah, but I can understand how it would be hard to confuse the two. 
Yeah. Like, it, it, I'm sorry, it'd be easy to confuse the two. And, like, they both, like, what they love about one another isn't true love. It's that they love the same things. Like, yeah. I, like they both love power. They both have a bloodlust. They both want revenge. They never want to be looked down upon. Like, they're basically almost the same person, which is what I think connects them. Whereas, like, with Belle and Rumpel, they're, like, polar opposites. Yeah. That's I, why that works. I mean, he seems intrigued, impressed, and awed by her yeah. in many instances. I love when he says, you're a spicy one, aren't you? Um, and he, when she asks, like, don't do it, teach me. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I think they bring out the worst in each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that's why it doesn't, like, literally, like, Belle sees the man behind the monster. Cora sees the monster and likes the monster. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Anything else on Enchanted Forest? Rumpel's line uh, after Cora talks about brides are supposed to be Snow White. <laughs> Well, when you see the future, irony is everywhere. Yes, it's true. That was a good one. Yeah. No, I, I think we're good there. It, it, like you said, though, if this was supposed to invoke sympathy, no. I, I think I have understanding of yeah. why Cora is the way she is, but I, nothing happened. Like, okay, yeah, Eva's a bitch and tripped her, but like that doesn't justify all of that. I completely agree. But the look on Rumpel's face when she... Decides not to go with him. He looks so shocked. And sad. Yeah, and saddened and heartbroken. It's not the only time we'll see that look on his face. I think you get that same look when Mila leaves him. Like, just won't come Mm -hmm. home. But I think he's more heartbroken for um, Bay at that Uh point. And then I think, but when he thinks Belle is dead. That is when you see that look again, where he's like, you gotta be kidding me. Well, and it also makes sense when he meets Belle, why he's even more closed up, like, after this happened. Yeah, I'm a hard man to love, like, because now, at that point, he's been burned twice. Yep, exactly. All right, a lot going on in Storybrooke here. (laughs) Where shall we start? Well, we start on the ship, right? We start on the Jolly Roger. We start on the Jolly Roger. So I guess that's technically not Storybrooke. It's on the way to Storybrooke. From Manhattan to Storybrooke. Um, I like the scene of Henry learning how to uh, pilot the ship. Oh, me too. I thought it was very sweet. I also, what well, was fun, it was kind of unintentional comedy because we don't really see Henry much in this episode. But they're like getting off. Rumpel is dying. And they're like, oh, how was your trip? And Henry's like, I learned how to pilot a ship. <laughs> like, hey, kid. There's a lot of important things going on right now. Maybe save your adventures for like a little bit later. Like the adult, the grown folks need to do something. And then the show's like, okay, Ruby, get him out of here. And then he's just gone. Never see him again. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he is com- comedic relief. And then, all right, bye. I, I also like the scene between Emma and Rumpel on the ship. Uh, she very reluctantly <laughs> says, we're family now. I'm going to save you. <laughs> so I read that as, because she asked him, like, can he, they command you to do anything? I think it's more, um, even though it may be in my nature to want you dead, because we're family, I'm going to do the right thing. Please remember this when you're under their control and don't murder us mm, all. That could be it. Yeah. Because we're family now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we already talked about their other interaction when they're in his shop, too. I, I love her. I can't cast a spell. I can spell spell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but she can. Moments like that when Emma is actually being kind of like the straight man in a land of fantastic characters is when I think she shines best. Uh-huh. I also really thought it was interesting the look on Emma's face after she casts the protection spell. She gets this like little smile, which is not quite the same as the look of just utter bloodlust that Cora gets or Regina gets or Rumple gets when they when they do something powerful. Uh, so it sort of shows that there's like another side of magic that you can still get joy. Like you can still get something out of it. It's just not the same. What's interesting though is that they always say there's a price for magic. Is there a price for dark magic or is there a price for all magic? That's a great question. Um, there's definitely a price for dark magic. Sure. There's ob- There's absolutely a price for doing something for your own gain. It's unclear to me from this story yeah if that is also true of light magic because they never say dark magic they always say mm-hmm. magic comes Man. at a cost or price magic comes at a price i don't know yeah but i mean that all makes sense from rumple or regina's standpoint because they only use dark magic i also think that the with light magic in most instances the implication is the person casting it is willing to accept the price 
That's fair. To to save everyone. Like you're willing to pay the price mm-hmm. necessary. But I, I I I don't know that there is always a price, so I don't know. Fair. There's not also not always a price every time they cast dark not magic. Not even close, yeah. Apparently poofing magic is dark magic. And I think that that's weird. <laughs> also, what about like shapeshifting? Good question. Lot, lot of, I need a <laughs> once upon a time Bible or something like that. A grimoire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a whole thing of lore so I can just read up on it. Uh, wow. I have so many notes. I'm, I'm. Let's stay with Emma. Okay. That? That's a, that's a good, that's good. Emma yeah. and Neil. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one, the scene I'm thinking of is like this weird, so they're positioned in like three levels, right? You've got Rumpel in the background dying. You've got Neil positioned in the middle, and he's kind of like working on his relationship with his father, but also kind of working on his relationship with Emma. And then you have like Emma in the front, who's more or less working on the protection spell, but also like listening to Neil listen to Rumpel. Yes. It's a very interesting scene, but I think it was a good scene. It was just the way that they did that, especially with like the visual shot was like, Huh, like when he gets on the phone, that moment was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And you see Neil's like, wow, I didn't think I had it in you. And then I don't know what Emma's thought was there. Because she has a weird look on her face. She does. I mean, I think I think she felt uncomfortable listening to yeah. someone's emotional outpouring in that manner um, in general, as as might anyone. <laughs> um, I also love her, her flippant when he's like, who's Belle? And she's like, your dad's girlfriend. <laughs> and the look at his, he just like turns and looks at his dad and he's like, Huh. Well, and also knowing what we know about Neil, he's probably like Bell, like like Beauty and the Beast, Bell, Bell, really, Bell. No, I think you don't think so. No, because then he would have known that he, if he knows the Enchanted Forest is real, and if he knew that like there were fairies, because he may not have encountered fairy tale stories in the real world. He definitely has. We learn that later. Then he should know Beauty and the Beast and Bell. Right, but there's no reason, if he's only encountered it in the real world, his version of Beauty and the Beast does not involve a crocodile-like creature named Rumpelstiltskin. Well, no, but it's a bell falling for a beast. Like, you would, I think he'd be able to make the reference. That's a leap. Oh, yeah, that's the leap that he would have to make. <laughs> sure, you're right. That's too far. Not, too far. Not Pinocchio telling you you need to abandon Emma because she's got to break a curse. <laughs> this is the leap too far. Okay. Um, we also start jumping immediately into Emma's jealous of Tamara. Give me your thoughts on this first. I just, I completely agree that Emma is harboring feelings for Neil. Rumple can see it. Everyone can see it. I don't know that she did anything to, like, warrant him being like, well, this doesn't have, like, we don't have to be talking about tomorrow. Like, I didn't mean to surprise you with that. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? What did she even say? So, for one, when Tamara showed up, she was, like, all twitchy and nervous. Of course! Wouldn't you be twitchy and nervous if you were trying to get, to save Rumpelstiltskin by getting him to a pirate ship? Yeah, but she wasn't twitchy and nervous before. Mm. Like, before, they're having a nice, heartfelt conversation. She's completely calm, and then all of a sudden, the fiancé shows up. Now, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we gotta go. It's like, this had, it was a very obvious switch that you could see. She actually does a good job of showing that. She goes from very calm in the previous episode. It's funny, because I remember thinking, like, wow, they're having, like, a heart-to-heart here while Rumpel is dying behind them, but then tomorrow shows up, and now she's like, uh, I don't know what to do anymore, which is what would happen if, you know, your crush's boyfriend shows up, or girlfriend in this case, or fiancé. I guess that's fair. I think the thing that I'm struggling with is everyone's very concerned about Emma's feelings, but she hasn't, she's not like acting out on her feelings. You understand that when people bottle up feelings, the eventual action gets worse over time. It's like a ticking time. Tick tock, as Hook would say. <laughs> Tick tock. So if you bottle them up for, I don't know, years, let's say you're holding on to some rage over a 10 year old girl, you might do some crazy shit. <laughs> you end. might curse everyone. Yeah. Well, and also, like, Emma, as you have noted, has walls, which means she doesn't process and handle things very well. The man who abandoned her has just come back into her life and may be here for the foreseeable future. It is a reasonable case that, like, you might be bothered by this. Well, yeah, I mean, her being bothered by it is fine. I'm just not sure what everyone is so worried about. That. That that is what people are worried about. Like people. But Emma's are... not going to try to kill a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> Yeah, neither was Regina at one point. 
Fine. Well, what is your take on this then? That. That. Okay. I, you know, I just, it was, I, I actually think it's more reasonable that everyone's concerned about it than maybe you think it is. Like that, if we were in a, not that anything in Once Upon a Time is like a normal scenario, but like <laughs> if you had like a previous person that I knew you'd been engaged to or with and then they showed up randomly, I could tell you still had feelings. I'd be like, are you okay? Like that would be a real conversation we'd have to have because that's not an easy situation to process. Poor Neil. He's got a lot. He's got a lot to process. He ran into a woman that he loved and had to abandon so that she could fulfill her destiny as the savior. His dad's dying. He has a son that he didn't know about. He's got a lot going on. Oh, and Hook. Oh, and Hook. Also Hook. He ran into Hook, who he knows. Yeah. By the way, that's the guy who's the reason your mom abandoned you. He just tried to kill your father. I don't think he knows that yet, but... But it's true. It is true. Uh, Neil and Rumpel's conversation is beautiful. It made me cry. Oh. Well, first, actually, Rumpel's conversation with Belle, also beautiful. That might be the most beautiful conversation that we get in this series. Uh, it, it, it's something... First off, I need you to formally apologize on this show. I I formally apologize for previously saying that Rumpelstiltskin can't emote well, other than anger. Uh, He emotes, he emotes very well here, especially spectacularly. Spectacularly. Uh, Okay, so I think previously when we hear Rumpel talk about Belle, we get a lot of "I love you because you loved me when no one else would," or like you saw the man behind the beast, and. This is the first time I've ever heard him describe what he actually loves about her. Mm. And it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, he gets her. She's a hero that helped her people. She finds goodness in others. And when it's not there, you create it. Like, that's that's really nice. Like, he sees her for who she is. And it's so sad that she doesn't remember. But I think it's great that Neil heard it. Because that's the first time in probably a hundred years. Since he's become the Dark One, they're like, oh, the man in there is still alive. It's not just a man consumed by power and rage. This confession is of love is also really interesting in juxtaposition to how he talks to Korra. He also tells Korra that he loves her in this episode. Lo- yes. Yep. Uh, in the past. In the past, yeah. Um, and it, I, I don't think it's not true. Like, I think he, he does believe that. But what he feels about Korra is not the same as what he feels about Belle. He has a he has a deep understanding. He also deeply understands who Cora is, but their uh, their their motive their intentions are not pure. But it seems that his intentions for Belle are pure. I wish I understood the timeline more because I'm curious if you know how um, Rumpel wanted to see August as Bay because he kind of just wanted to see. Yeah. It. I wonder what the difference is between Mila leaving and him interacting with Cora is, and that did he see what he wanted to see not that like she didn't love him and care for him but like he was more willing to do it at that point because it was still closer to an open wound and then after this is where he walls himself off more like hardcore mm-hmm. i mean it's presumably approximately 200 like 170 years yeah but, from but, when mila left him to when he meets cora really yeah how do we how did you discern that because regina is born at oh. the end and she's about 30 years old. Uh, she, I guess, I think Regina might be might be about 40, so 160 60. years. Okay. Because hmm. um, Regina's supposed to be about 10 years older than Snow, and Snow is 28. Got it. And how old was Belle? 25, 30? Yeah, probably 30. I don't know. Time is so weirdly... I, I'm not sure how long Mr. French would let her be an unmarried maiden in his kingdom. Unclear. <laughs> Also unclear how long Regina had her in the Enchanted Forest before the, the curse. curse. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I got lost in our in our timeline tracking. You were uh, yeah. You were talking about oh Rumpel. Neil and Rumpel's conversation. Yeah. Well, first Belle and Rumpel, beautiful. Neil and Rumpel. I really, I really thought it was touching when Rumpel says, "I just made the wrong choice." Mm-hmm. Which is something that anyone could understand yeah, or do. Absolutely. And I also thought it was really sweet when Neil says, I'm still angry. <laughs> but then he like grabs the his pouty face. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still angry. But it's it's done for both laughs, but you can understand, like, yeah, I'm still mad at you, yeah. but you're dying. Like, yeah. I get it. 
Uh, I also like that Neil is on both sides of the conversation when it comes to like someone abandoning you because Rumpel abandoned him, but he also abandoned Emma, who's sitting right there. So it's yeah. like he's kind of stuck in the middle of like I don't know that he I don't know if he wants her to forgive him. Like he's never really expressed that, but he is sorry about it. But mm-hmm. he had no choice, and Rumpel is sorry about it, and he wishes he had made a better choice. So yeah. it's like he's kind of stuck in the middle, of that. and that's why all three of them. That scene was really well done. Um, no, I mean it's. It's a great, um, it's one of the rare times. The other time I'm thinking of is when Rumpel goes to Archie. Like where, where the uh-huh. dark one opens himself up. He, you talk about it. You kind of learn like, oh, this is, you know. He's always said that's the only, I think that's his like only real regret is letting Bay go. I think of all the mistakes he makes, if he could erase that one, he'd be fine with the rest of them. Where next? We either got, so it's either Snow and Charming yeah. or it's Cora and Regina. Let's go Snow and Charming, I guess. Um, so Charming says, I have zero problem with Cora dying, but not at your hand and not for vengeance. And you and I agree, disagree about exactly what that means. Yeah, he does not want his wife's soul to be darkened. I agree with that. I don't think he cares about anyone else killing her, including himself. I do not think that he would kill her. He literally told Regina, the only reason you're alive is because Henry wills it so. <laughs> he literally told he, he Snow did say that. You're right. that we need to execute Regina. He is willing to do the job. He just, Snow White is not that person. But the only reason you're alive to Regina also means we would have just let the Wraith kill you if Henry hadn't asked us to. Not, I'm going to kill you. The way he says that with the way that he's positioned, he didn't say we could have just let you die. He said the only reason you're alive, which implies I'll do it myself. And Cora is a monster. She is a monster. Uh, We do get something in this episode that we do not get frequently. Snow just straight up lies to Charming. She just lies to his face. Which time? He he, he asks her... um, she, She just... She tells him that she has no idea... Oh, he asked what she was talking to Rumpel about, I think. Mm. And she just, she's like, nothing, everything's fine. And then she sneaks out without telling anyone. Well, she sneaks out during the middle of the battle. Yeah. A, I love when Dark Snow is back. It's great. Snow with a backbone is so much better. I I don't think I feel the same way about this as you do, but I also really like seeing it. I think it, I think it adds depth and interest to characters who are... I mean, there's a, I, I remember when Game of Thrones came out and there was a lot of talk about like, oh, this show is really interesting because it's about, it's about, there's no like good and evil. Like, obviously there are some people that are good and some people that are evil, but most people in Game of Thrones are kind of in this like gray area. They do good things, they do bad things, they have good hmm. intentions and bad intentions. And then when you compare it to something like Star Wars or Harry Potter, it's like, yeah, there's like the good guys and the bad guys. And both of those stories have a little bit of a gray area that you don't really get until like the last minute and you don't have very much time to spend with it. But it's, it's, it's interesting in a story to have more, like they don't always make the right choice. And I think we get that a lot with Rumple. Um, like he's not all bad. He, he just made the wrong choice, yeah. but we don't often get that with like snow or Emma or charming. Um, so it's interesting to get a little more depth here. Yeah. I mean, I will say one of the criticisms I would make of Snow is that she's often very one note. It's always yeah. you have to do the right thing. The only the only thing that was interesting about the affair in season one is that it was her making the wrong choice mm-hmm. for the first time. I don't so the affair was clearly the wrong choice. There was no logical reason to do that. This to me, I don't agree that this was the wrong choice. This is and her logic is sound. It is sound logic. The only thing I would say is that she probably shouldn't be the one to do it. Other than that, it needed to be done. And, and as you said, you can't make the decision to not kill her and risk the lives of literally everyone else. Because if she becomes a dark one, y'all all dead. I, I don't, I think that the choice of Johanna is different than the choice of using this candle. How? Because they, they already had, they, like they were holding the thing that Cora wanted and only one person had to die. This is, this is a... It doesn't have to be snow. It could be it could be someone else sure. that makes this choice. I I often think of this line from Lord of the Rings, the fellowship, I think. Um Frodo says something about how like Gollum is a disgusting creature that deserves to die. Um and Gandalf says, um, like are, who are you to decide? 
who who gets to live and die. Sure. And it, it's it's a lot. It, like you can't you can't take murder back. Even Snow says that at sure. one point. And it's it's a lot to. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that Cora didn't need to be. I mean, I don't believe in capital punishment, but I, we're in a very. We've got magic and impossible situations of holding people, but they, they, it's where he wanted to be, but they created a cell to hold Rumpelstiltskin. Theoretically, they could create a cell to hold Korra. That kicks the can down the road. Until she gets out and kills more people. You tried this, you literally have proof that you tried this, is what she says. I stopped the execution of Regina, and because of that, I had to put my daughter in a wardrobe to Maine. I mean, she also has a problem with it, though. Like, when Charming finds her, she is... She is bent over in almost shock agony? about what she did. In agony. And Charming is so disappointed. But he still supports her, which I like. Um, and they try to stop Regina. Like, they run into Gold's shop to try to stop her. Because I, I, I think I think the other thing... I think she's more bothered about what she did. Not yeah, that I mean, Cora was going to die. We can talk about that that horrible thing in a minute. Um, I also think the other thing that they weren't thinking about in, in line with your argument, like Cora is a monster that's going to become the dark one that's going to kill a bunch of people. They just did a thing to Regina that is going to make her so fucking mad. <laughs> and they know what happens when Regina gets so fucking mad. I'm going to split that into two <laughs> different pieces. Okay. 100% agree with you in the second piece. Why the fuck would you piss off the evil queen again? That's insanity. However, on the first half, her choice and instinct is correct. This woman is a monster who simply just needs to be stopped. Like, she's causing... She literally just murdered... Uh, what was it? Johanna. For no reason. You even gave her what she wanted. Like, I concede, here's the dagger to take all the power. And she goes, oh yeah, by the way, fuck you. And throws her out the window and kills her in brutal fashion. Like... How do you redeem that? How do you... What what level of... Oh, yeah, we'll just get her to change. She's a monster. I don't think this argument is going to work on you because you're just going to say that everyone else is wrong, too. Yeah. But there's a reason that Snow snuck away. It's because she knew that it was wrong. Well, there's a reason that she snuck away because they wouldn't let her. There's a difference. You can often sneak away knowing, believing what you're doing is right, but people won't let you do what needs to be done. <laughs> also, I, I don't think we should ever use the line that mob... Uh, mentality is ever correct just because the majority believes something doesn't make it right i i, I didn't say that <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um i did not say that i know i'm just saying that like the whole like well the group doesn't agree well the group can be stupid like individuals are intelligent groups are usually dumb as shit sure but i don't think that charming and emma are wrong she didn't even like talk to Emma about this. Emma has no idea because Emma would not. Why would she need to consult this. with Emma? Emma is the savior, Roger. She's the sheriff. She's in charge of bringing justice to Cora. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cora's not a resident of Storybrooke. She has no jurisdiction over Cora. I mean, she's here now. Crimes are occurring in the town. Cora murdered someone in this town. Therefore, she murdered. Several people in this town. Therefore, jurisdiction under Emma. Excellent. Follow-up question. Previous attempted murder is where at the moment? Sorry? Hook. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> they let him go. I don't know why they let him go. No, they let him go. They had Hook again, and they just locked him in a basement in New York. <laughs> Maybe we don't trust Emma for justice that was a really. That was really not a good choice. <laughs> none, of, none of that was a good choice. <laughs> I don't think I trust Emma Swan. It was my sure. roast ridiculous moment from last episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right? Like, a murderous pirate was just locked in a storage closet. Um, can we just talk about what she does? So this is the part where I think what she's agonizing over. And I think this is one of the rare times where what she did was unbelievably fucked up for no good reason. She did not have to do this to Regina. Oh, she really didn't. It's so fucked up. I feel like the title of this episode should actually be Manipulation. <laughs> it just happens left and right. Rumple manipulates Emma into saving him. Rumple manipulates Snow into getting the candle for him. Snow manipulates Regina into killing her own mother. Honestly, oh. top five manipulation. Might be the best <laughs> manipulation we ever see. It's just so bad. I and and the thing that is really frightening about it is Snow thought of that on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't like she'd been planning it for a while. She was very surprised when she ran into Regina in the vault. Why the fuck 
fuck is Regina running when she could poof into the vault? Good question. Don't know the answer to that. There's a character who we've mentioned who will talk about the stupidity of this. In a situation where your mother's heart's in danger and you're running? It's it's very confusing. Anyway, continue. Um, also, the first thing I wrote under Snow and Regina is this is so fucked up. Just this is so bad. I, she didn't have to do that. I mean, I guess she needed to figure out a way to get out, get away from Regina, but she didn't have to do it like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe she did. Truth be told, maybe Regina was just going to kill her. But how, how does a person even think of that? Dark Snow is here. Because it's not just that she gave Regina the heart and told her to put it back in her mother. She was like, she can't love you, Regina. This is why everything is this way. It's because her heart is not in her body. And I think the thing that's really painful is that Snow actually doesn't seem to be wrong about this situation. Because as soon as Cora has her heart back when she's dying on the ground, she says, this would have been enough. Mm -hmm. Also, are we meant to believe that Cora took her, ripped her heart out when she had this situation with Rumpel and then never put it back yeah. in? Yeah. That's terrifying. Well, it explains why she was the monster she was. Yes. Also, so I, while I appreciate Snow agonizing over this fucked up thing that she did, I don't feel sorry for Regina. And I like Regina. But I don't feel bad for you here. You have literally put everyone in this position multiple times. I, I did, it did make me cry when Cora died, mainly because of this fucked up manipulation and Regina's reaction to it. And there was something else that really got me was when Snow, Regina says to Snow, she always wanted the best for me. That's love. And it sounded like she was trying to convince herself that that was true. And I was just like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> The thing I hate most about this season is the, like, I don't like it in shows where, like, the villain in season one is, like, big, bad, powerful, you spend the whole time scheming. And then in season two, they're, like, easy to slap around. Like, all of a sudden, they, like, lose their mystique and they're weak and this. The, what Like, she see, she, we have seen throughout the last few episodes that Regina started to get clued into, like, her mother has been manipulating her the whole time. Like, from the moment that she saved Snow to getting the Dark One and about her power... And yet, despite all that, she seems to just completely ignore it and go, well, she wants what's best for me. No, you factually know that isn't true. You you have evidence in front of your eyes. And I guess she just could never believe that Snow could manipulate her and do this, which is like, but she like ran back over there and be like, mommy, I'm going to put your heart back in and you're going to love me and we're going to be a fan. I mean, it was just like, seriously? Like you, I. It was, I mean, she should have caught on to that manipulation. I can understand that, like, I would never think that from Snow. Like, that's not even arrogance. It's just, like, she is the last person you would assume that is from. But it's just so, like, this sidekick, evil princess, evil daughter. It's like, why? Why has she lost all the ability to, like, think logically and rationally when her mother's around? It's weird. Like, she'll have, like, glimpses of being awake. It's like she's hypnotized. Yeah, it is like she's hypnotized. And she like can she can she says things like that thing that she said to Snow to try to convince herself of her mother's affection twice. Like even in the diner scene, I think the episode before, and it's like, but you know, you know how this woman. Like what's weird to me is that the, in these two things, they never talk about Daniel. Like how does someone not mean this is the woman who killed him in front of your face? It's very confusing. It's very strange. Um, yeah, the whole I don't like the Snow back and forth thing. I'm not gonna lie, I really don't like the like. I'm convinced that we have to do this. And then she, even on the spot, then goes to manipulate Regina and goes, oh, God, I've made a terrible mistake. Like. that. What do you mean you don't like that? That's, like, exactly what she would do as a human being. Well, I don't know that I normally agree with, like, the being able to manipulate on the spot. But, like, she took a lot of steps to then magically find and figure out, like, oh, maybe I went too far. Like, that That seems a bit. Well, once you've made a choice. Yeah. Also, you could have just, like, called Emma. I know. Why? Cell phones exist. Only running works in dire situations. Or tell Regina apparently. to poof there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make just sense. dumb. Just dumb. Also, I don't know why you feel that bad. Like, these people have literally spent the last 30 years making your life a living hell. Fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I just, how much sympathy can I really have for someone who's just tortured me? And that's what she's done. She's tortured Snow at every turn. I think it's less about who the people are 
like snow snow one in the last episode just told charming like i made the right choice when i chose to not kill regina and Mm -hmm. i she says it kind of in like a derisive manner Mm -hmm. but she she still agrees like at the time that was the right choice i think right is in quotes Sure, but there's a reason, like, there's a reason she did that initially. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think anyone, no matter who it is, would feel bad about killing another person. False. (laughs) I'm really glad you're not a serial killer, Roger. I think there's, we can both agree that if someone is actively trying to kill you, it's moral and just to defend yourself if it means taking their life. In a fight, yes. Cora has literally murdered her. Cora's mother. life is a fight. <laughs> Cora's entire existence. This is a woman without a heart. How do you reason or redeem or rationalize with that? I don't know that there is any. Re- there's no redemption for Cora. So if you can't stop her rationally, the only way you can protect yourself is to kill her now, which means it is literally an act of self-defense. With a candle. <laughs> I don't love the candle. That thing to me just seems another one of those like, oh, let's just randomly create this thing mythically out of air that can like save. I, it, it is. It is sort of a. It's sort of divine justice that Cora yes. is killed with the thing that she gave to Snow. Exactly. Like it is. I don't love it. I'll say that. I don't love it. Uh, we didn't talk about Regina and Cora um, for a for a brief moment of levity. Love when Cora slaps that speaker onto the ground. Oh my God, like a cat. And she's like, I don't like what this box is saying. Also, one of the things I like that she says is, I'm not wicked. Mm-hmm. That is an excellent line. Man. It is an excellent line. Um, uh, she reveals at that point what her true motivations are. Yes, she does. Always about becoming the dark one. Uh, and with with his power, there's nothing I won't be able to do. Not and we. Then she, and then she sort of adds on the like to protect us, to protect you, you no, know, protect our family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then she says, uh, when she's trying to, when Regina questions her, she says, "We'll spend the rest of our short lives on our knees in front of them." And that is something I'm never going mm-hmm. to do. Uh. Love when they make that fireball together. The double fireball. Very to break fitting. The spell. It's it's kind of like that previous episode when they were in the library and they're they're like they're sort of like dressed similarly. Like that's mother daughter there. The mean girls. Yes, they are the mean girls. Um, and I think the thing that really bothers me about this episode with Regina's reaction, uh, Cord chooses the dagger over Regina's life. That if that right there didn't show you, Regina, that this woman ultimately doesn't give a shit about you, like, she could have killed her right there. And she would have taken the dagger and been fine because that's what she cared about. And we all know that Emma was not going to kill Regina. But Cora doesn't, Cora know, doesn't that. know that. Cora has no reason to know yeah. that. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure that that's true. Emma has literally said, if he dies, you die. Mm. And neither one of us thought that that was a bluff. But I, I, she also made a promise to Henry not to kill Regina, and I don't think that she would go back on it. Especially not that now that he's mad at her. If Regina were trying to kill Henry, she would kill him without. She would kill her without a second thought. And of course. The consequences. Then she will break that promise if necessary. To to save Henry. Sure, or charming or Snow. I don't know. I think she would. I I, I don't. I think she would find a third way. If that's an option. Not everyone's Batman with time to plan. <laughs> uh, also, I love the... I think there's a scene where she finally... Cora breaks through the final door. And Neil and Emma are going to make this like grand final stand. And Cora's like, you don't belong here. And just sends them away. And I'm like, oh, now you guys remembered you can use magic to get what you need quickly. They also use it when they're fighting with them the first time. In, yeah. But like in the... In the front part of the Well, they throw the Charming out the door and then they lock the door. Yeah. But then they go back to like hand-to-hand fighting. But she also poofs herself away when oh. Neil comes at her with a sword. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, why don't they just do this all the time? I don't get it. It's Maybe there's like a, a physical exertion level that you can use. Like there's only so much magic you can do. Maybe. Or maybe there's just only so many graphical effects ABC's willing to pay for. That seems more reasonable. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I could spend another hour arguing why on earth Cord doesn't make any damn sense for what she does. <laughs> this this is a bottom five story decision, in my opinion, to kill Cora here. Mm. That was, you do not, this would have been like Regina's curse breaking in the episode after Skin Deep last year. 
I also it's it's very confusing when you think about it in turn I mean you've we've been complaining about this, you especially, that there isn't like a clear villain in this mm-hmm. season. And we still have like five more episodes. And this was the only clear villain. Yeah, we like had. what are they gonna do now? Like I guess Regina's going back to being the clear villain. But if that was the case, why did you do this whole redemption trying to be better for Henry, blah 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 crap? And we still have this dangling hook with Greg Mendel. So like I don't know what's gonna happen with that. And we have this dangling hook with Hook. <laughs> yep, Hook. Yeah, I mean, also, at this point, let me be clear, speaking of, uh, I know you don't believe in killing people, Rumpel is justified in killing Hook now. <laughs> he did try to kill him. If you, and he tried to kill Beth. I feel both of those reasons are justifiable here. He should absolutely go find him in New York and kill him. Or wait till he comes back and kill him again. <laughs> also, destroy the ship, by the way. Hook can't go anywhere now. Well, Henry seems very attached to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Make him a new one. He'll be Build him fine. a new boat. Yeah, get the boy a tour boat. I think I'm good. Oh, did we talk about Cora confirming the fact that she did love him? Um, we didn't talk about that too much in depth, but yeah, I mean, she at the at the end, like he asked her. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool, I don't know, like ending to their story, and that yeah. he always wondered because he says in back in the flashback, he goes, "You never loved me. You manipulated me," and she tries to convince him, but he's not convinced. Mm-hmm. Here, I think he is convinced, like, "Oh, you did love me." That's why you ripped out your heart out, and now you're about to kill me. And then he's at peace with it. He's, I think he says something like, I saw this in a future, but they didn't tell me everything. So he seemed to know this was coming. Yeah. Which is... Uh, well, I think what he's referring to there is the prophecy about Henry. About Henry. Oh, yeah. The yeah. whole, the boy. Like, he thinks undoing. that he's, this is his undoing. That's fair. No, I'm good. Favorite moment. Oh, easily rumple speech to Belle. That's oh, that's very sweet and not like you. Fantastic moment. Oh wow, this is a very this is a very flipped up flipped up uh, favorite moment for us too. Please tell me yours favorite moment is when uh, Snow manipulates Regina. Uh, not quite. Damn, I have two actually. Okay, go. Uh, Snow whispering Cora's name over the candle. Oh, interesting. Um, it just it was so dark and unexpected for me. And then my other one is Cora describing her bloodlust so that oh, yeah. she can use magic for the first time. It's just so, there. it's like sexually charged. Yep. She's, it, what she is describing is very, very brutal. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it sort of awakens this power inside of her. Hey, that's, that, I had another question I meant to ask. The king, when he talks to Cora and says, you can run away with this imp that you think no one knows about. How do they know about him? They don't have cameras. I think it's been a while. Like, I, I don't think this was, like, yesterday. Like, I think I think it's been, like, a, a month or something. Oh. Um, so she's probably been, like, sneaking out of Back dinners or and, whatever. Okay. You're evil. Because I was like, otherwise, yeah, he just magically appeared in a tower. They yeah. wouldn't know that. Uh, most ridiculous moment. Regina has magic. Regina has runs. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good one. With her mother's heart literally on the line, I, I don't understand. Uh, I chose like comic relief moments instead of ridiculous necessarily. Okay. Although the first one is pretty ridiculous. The fucking invisible chalk. Yeah, that is. <laughs> they're like shaking the the thing, and Emma reaches in, and and then they like try to make a joke about it. I Neil's joke, like he missed a spot. Ha ha ha. Um, and then Cora pooping Emma and Neil into the woods. Just the look on their faces when they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do now? <laughs> oh, we have magic again. Cool. Let's get to the end of the... Emma definitely doesn't know how to poof. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, Cora and Regina oh, oh, sometimes uh-huh. remember they have magic, like when they throw Charming out, and then other times they're like, let's go hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, totally. Who's your loser? Who else could it be? I'm sure we have the same one. Regina. Has to be. She lost everything. I, I almost chose Cora because she dies. <laughs> I almost chose Cora here too because she dies. Yeah. I think what she gets, I mean, I guess, and her choice to take out her heart was a, was a, it was sad. I think the reason, so I think Cora's not a loser because she does beat Rumple, which not many people can lay claim mm-hmm. to. I also think it's much worse that A, Regina ended up killing her mother incidentally and got manipulated by Snow White of all people. Which is like, ouch. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And then on top of that, you did find out at the very end that the thing that you wanted most from your mother could have been possible. Yeah. That one's really rough. I mean, damn. (laughs) Who's your winner? I have two. Okay, I have one. Who's yours? Rumpelstiltskin. Damn right! (laughs) He's one of my winners. 
Um, he manipulated Snow <laughs> into doing Expertly. this for him. He in he like over while he's like basically dying, <laughs> he overhears a very brief conversation between Snow and Charming, where she says that she wants to kill Cora, and he's like, "That's it, I got it, I got this candle." Like he figures it out like super quick. <laughs> um, he pulls that together. His he gets to have a heart to heart with his son, and he like. I don't know. I don't want to say forgives him, but they've they have they have made strides in repairing their relationship. I wouldn't call it forgiveness. What I would say is that Neil sees the other side because he says, "I'm yeah. full of love," which I think is something that Bay didn't believe was true anymore. Yeah. He believed he'd been consumed by you know all of this crap. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think he's he's the winner there, and somehow his I did nothing. <laughs> I, I would not say he did nothing. Um, but Regina's not mad at him. No one's mad at him. Everything's fine. <laughs> I mean, he did very little. He was sitting there dying. Um, also, he got a great heart-to-heart with Belle, who finally listened to him yeah. for the first time, or empty-memoried Belle, whoever this is. Um, my other winner's Cora, despite her death. Because she got her heart back and realized her daughter was enough? Because she realized that her entire life's work was pointless? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that was one. I think, honestly, what she pulls off in the past. Yeah, I think that's it's really good. Like, she stares down a king with no reason to be that audacious. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, and figures out a way to do it. And then tricks the Dark One. I mean, she, Im- like, she impresses the Dark One before she tricks him. She again. impresses everyone. I mean, and yeah. she has them literally kneeling by the end of that episode for her and her daughter. I mean, yeah. she just... She brings them to their knees. Well done. Uh... Doesn't end well, obviously, for her, since, you know, dying is uh, rough. But she does get a heartfelt moment with her daughter about you would have been enough. Okay, good choice. Yep. Uh, I cried twice in this episode. When Neil and Rumpel have their heart-to-heart and when Cora dies. Not when Rumpel and Belle have their heart-to-heart, though. I was close, yeah. but I think I was having... it. It's so sad that she doesn't remember. But that almost, I think, makes it sweeter. It's like 28, 28 first dates, or... 50 first dates? 50 first dates? Yeah, I think I said 28 days later in my brain. Uh, like, That's a very different, different movie. <laughs> yeah. But like that, you know how he has to like make her fall in love with him or every single day? It's like that. Like, okay, this woman doesn't know you, but like in that one, you actually see some emotion from her where she's like, oh, so I was a really good woman mm-hmm. and you're a very sweet man. Like, And then, you know, that actually is what leads into the um, Rumple and Neil moment. So next week, we are going to watch season two, episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke. Which will give us a glimpse at some characters that we don't know, and uh, some background on Regina, and like the introduction of the curse in Maine. Yes, because this is essentially so we saw the episode, what episode two in the first season where she cast it and yeah, killed her on father. The Enchanted Forest. Side. This is essentially set right after that, I'm assuming. But before and after, mm-hmm. before. right before and right after. Gotcha. Because I, I guess this would be right after when Charming gets put into the coma. Like, that's them sweeping the curse away, and then they land in Storybook. Yep. Uh, I recall enjoying this episode. It might be the last episode I really enjoy in this season. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see where they go without the big bad villain. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I really don't understand how you get rid of Korra in, in episode 16 unless the season is 17 episodes long. Well, um... I'm really curious what Regina's going to do. The very last thing that she says in this episode is, you did this. So maybe Regina's the villain we've been waiting for. Um, is it? But it's not the same Regina, though. Now no, it's, it's not. She's a different person. Well, And it's like this puppeted, weak sidekick. Like, there was something about her, I will destroy you. Like, she was over the top in season one, but, like, she was the villain. And yeah. now you just, oh, you're the big bad now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm also very curious about what's going on with Greg Mendel. Uh, he saw he saw magic. He got it on his video. He told her about it, and then we don't hear anything again. Um, is 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 Hook going to wreak havoc in New York City? <laughs> I want someone to be reading a newspaper. Man dressed in pirate costume with a hook terrorizes New York City apartment building. <laughs> Screaming that he wants his crocodile. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. That, I just want that headline. Just that. Like, man screams. <laughs> New York Times. It. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I am going to be very curious. And, like, I remember what happens at the end of the season, but I don't necessarily remember how we get there. Besides, I do remember the next episode pretty well. Like, 
how is this going to play out now? Like, I guess we're going to go into the relationships, right? Neil and Emma and Neil and Rumpel. Belle doesn't have her memories at the moment, so I guess we won't get any Belle and Neil because they just don't know each other. Um, uh, I guess the other thing I'm really curious about is Henry and Rumpel. Uh-huh. Because Rumpel has power back now, but he believes Henry is his undoing, which means... You know, and it's interesting if he... Like, as he has said previously, the the future is a puzzle, and it doesn't always mean what you think it means. So, like, was this his undoing that he then undid? So, like, is there nothing else to be afraid of? Like, unclear. And he has to make a choice again. Like, before, he had to choose between his power and Bay, and he made the wrong choice. Now he has to choose between his life and probably Henry's life. Mm-hmm. And Neil would never forgive him if he killed Henry. Like, that is unforgivable. That is very unforgivable, yep. But, so now what the hell does he do? So that that is interesting. just wish we still had the villain. Or maybe there's a new villain. I don't know. Greg, to me, so far has not shown to be an interesting Oh, yeah, villain. he doesn't seem like a villain, necessarily. But I, I'm just curious what, he, what he's going to do. Are they going to bring, are they going to turn uh, Storybrooke into a... Um, Oh, a I tourist like, destination? Yeah. <laughs> Come see magic in the town of Storybrooke. I would totally take that tour. Absolutely. Well, please be sure to join us next time when we watch Season 2, Episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke. We'll see you next time.